Good morning. I'm Wimala, and today is May the 15th. And I wanted to just say a few words before we, I start reading the, uh, from the second chapter of Becoming Your Own Therapist. And it's a wonderful book my friend Todd Nielsen gave me, and it's by Yama, Lama Yeshe. And he's a Tibetan Lama who's very influential in this country and in the world. Uh, he founded the Foundation of the Preservation of the Mahayana Tradition, FPMT. It's often, you see, you'll see those initials, those, uh, that, that's the abbreviation, FPMT. They have, and he, I think he has passed away, but this foundation is still active. So, uh, this book is very easy to understand, and he's really talking about how the Buddha's teachings are really a way for us to work and heal our minds and heal the, the, uh, the, the thinking that we do that gets us off track and how we end up suffering and not being happy in our lives. And it's, his writing is beautiful, and it's very clear. So uh, I thought it would be interesting to read, maybe not the whole book. I haven't, we'll see. But it's all in the base. It's all in the form of um, a talk that he does, and then Q&A from the talk. So this is chapter two. The first chapter was finding ourselves through Buddhism. And he's, he's very clear that, um, yeah, this chapter will talk about that. So this is about that question of is Buddhism a religion or not? And So this is chapter two, and the lecture is from Lake, Arrow, Lake Arrowhead, California in July of 1975. I think that's what it's telling me. There's a picture of him. Religion, the path of inquiry. People have many different ideas about the nature of religion in general and Buddhism in particular. Those who consider religion and Buddhism at only the superficial intellectual level will never understand the true significance of either. And those whose view of religion is even more superficial than that will not even consider Buddhism to be a religion at all. First of all, in Buddhism, we're not that interested in talking about the Buddha himself. Nor was he. He wasn't interested in people believing in him. So to this day, Buddhism has never encouraged its followers simply to believe in the Buddha. We have always been more interested in understanding human psychology, the nature of the mind. Thus, Buddhist practitioners always try to understand their own mental attitudes, concepts, perceptions, and consciousness. These, those are the things that really matter. And they matter in profound ways for us because this is, this is where the cause of suffering comes from. From our mental attitudes, our concepts, our perceptions, and our consciousness and we're unhappiness, not only suffering, but just general everyday unhappiness.
Otherwise, if you forget about yourself and your delusions and focus instead on some lofty idea, like what is Buddha, your spiritual journey becomes a dreamlike hallucination. That's possible, so be careful. In your mind, there's no connection between Buddha or God and yourself. They're completely separate things. You're completely down here, Buddha, or God is... Let me read this. I'm going to start over because this is a really great paragraph and I don't want to misread it. Otherwise, if you forget about yourself and your delusions and focus instead on some lofty idea, what like what is Buddha, your spiritual journey becomes a dream-like hallucination. That's possible. Be careful. In your mind, there's no connection between Buddha or God and yourself. They're completely separate things. You're completely down here. Buddha or God is completely up there. There's no connection whatsoever. It's not realistic to think that way. It's too extreme. You're putting one thing down at the lower extreme and the other way up at the upper. In Buddhism, we call that kind of mind dualistic. Furthermore, if humans are completely negative by nature, what is the point of seeking a higher idea? Anyway, ideas are not realizations. People always want to know about the highest attainments or the nature of God. But such intellectual knowledge has nothing to do with their lives or their minds. I love this. True religion should be the pursuit of self-realization, not an exercise in the accumulation of facts. I think this is such a, so far this is great because sometimes um, we learn a lot of facts, maybe a lot of facts about a different, lots of different philosophies, but, but that's what all it is, is an accumulation of facts. It's not a, this is, that's a different thing from the actual uh, working with the, with the principles that are laid out with, for ourselves. In Buddhism, we are not particularly interested in the quest for intellectual knowledge alone. We are much more interested in understanding what's happening here and now, in comprehending our present experience and our experience is what we are at this very moment, our fundamental nature. <laughs> I'm not reading things correctly this morning. What we are at this very moment, our fundamental nature. We want to know how to find satisfaction, how to find happiness and joy instead of depression and misery how to overcome the feeling that our nature is totally negative. Lord Buddha himself taught that basically human nature is pure, egoless, just as the sky is by nature clear, not cloudy. Clouds come and go, but the blue sky is always there. Clouds don't alter the fundamental nature of the sky. Similarly, the human mind is fundamentally pure, not one with the ego. Anyway, whether you are a religious person or not, if you can't separate yourself from your ego, you're completely misguided. 
You've created for yourself a totally unrealistic philosophy of life that has nothing whatsoever to do with reality. That's a really incredibly important paragraph. Clouds come and go, but the blue sky is always there. Clouds don't alter the fundamental nature of the sky. Instead of grasping at intellectual knowledge, wanting to know what's the highest thing going, you'd be much better off trying again an understanding of the basic nature of your own mind and how to deal with it right now. It is so important to know how to act effectively. Method is the key to any religion, the most important thing to learn. Say you hear about an amazing treasure house containing jewels for the taking, but don't have the key to the door. All your fantasies about how you'll spend your newfound wealth are a complete hallucination. Similarly, fantasizing about wonderful religious ideas and peak experiences, but having no interest in immediate action or the methods of attainment is totally unrealistic. If you have no method or no key, no way to bring your religion into your everyday life, you'd be better off with a Coca-Cola. <laughs> At least that quenches your thirst. <laughs> if your religion is simply an idea, it's, an, it's as insubstantial as air. You should be very careful that you understand exactly what religion is and how it should be practiced. Lord Buddha himself said, belief is not important. Don't believe what I say just because I said it. These are his dying words. I have taught many different methods because there are many different individuals. Before you embrace any of them, use your wisdom to check that they fit your psychological makeup, your own mind. If my methods seem to make sense and work for you, by all means, adopt them. But if you don't relate to them, even though they might sound wonderful, leave them be. They were taught for somebody else. Now, it's interesting in the, uh, in the Pali Canon, th these are not the very last words of the Buddha. Uh, he basically said, keep going, you know, strive on with diligence. Uh, but these are wonderful words, too. <laughs> this is from the Tibetan tradition. These days, you can't tell most people that they should believe something just because Buddha said, because God said. It's not enough for them. They'll reject it. They want proof. But those who cannot understand that the nature of their mind is pure will be unable to see the possibility of discovering their innate purity and will lose whatever chance they had to do so. If you think that your mind is fundamentally negative, you'll tend to lose all hope. Of course, the human mind has both positive and negative sides, but the negative is transient, very temporary. Your up and down emotions are like clouds in the sky. Beyond them, the real basic human nature is clear and pure. Many people misunderstand Buddhism, even some professors of Buddhist studies, 
look at just the words and interpret what the Buddha taught very literally. They don't understand his methods, which are the real essence of his teachings. In my opinion, the most important aspect of any religion is its methods. How to put that religion into your own experience. The better you understand how to do that, the more effective your religion becomes. Your practice becomes so natural, so realistic, you easily come to understand your own nature, your own mind, and you don't get surprised by whatever you find in it. Then, when you understand the nature of your own mind, you'll be able to control it naturally. You won't have to push so hard. Understanding naturally brings control. Many people will imagine that control of the mind is some kind of tight, restrictive bondage. Actually, control is a natural state. But you're not going to say that, are you? You're going to say that the mind is uncontrolled by nature, that it is natural for the mind to be uncontrolled, but it's not. What you, when you realize the nature of your uncontrolled mind, control comes as naturally as your present uncontrolled state arises. Moreover, the only way to gain control over your mind is to understand its nature. You can never force your mind, your internal world, to change. That bears repeating. You can never force your mind, your internal world, to change. Nor can you purify your mind by punishing yourself physically or beating your body. That's totally impossible. Impurity, sin, negativity, or whatever else you want to call it, is psychological, a mental phenomenon so you can't stop it physically. Purification requires a skillful combination of method and wisdom. To purify your mind, you don't have to believe in something special up there, God or Buddha. Don't worry about that. I like that. Don't worry about that. That's great advice. When you truly realize the up and down nature of your everyday life, the characteristic nature of your own mental attitude, you'll automatically want to implement a solution. These days many people are disillusioned with religion. They seem to think it doesn't work. Religion works. It offers fantastic solutions to all your problems. The problem is that people don't understand the characteristic nature of religion, so they don't have the will to implement its methods. Consider the materialistic life. It's a state of complete agitation and conflict. You can never fix things to be the way you want. Just let that soak in, okay? I'm going to read those two those sentences, three sentences. Consider the materialistic life. It's a state of complete agitation and conflict. You can never fix things to be the way you want. You can't just wake up in the morning and decide exactly how you want your day to unfold. Forget about weeks, months, or years. You can't even predetermine one day. If I were to ask you right now if you could get up in the morning and set exactly how your day was going to go, 
how you're going to feel each moment, what would you say? There's no way you could do that, is there? No matter how much you make yourself materially comfortable, no matter how you arrange your house, you have this, you have that, you put one thing here, you put another there, you can never manipulate your mind in the same way. You can never determine the way you're going to feel all day. How can you fix your mind like that? How can you say, today is going, I'm, I'm going to be like this? I can tell you with absolute certainty, as long as your mind is uncontrolled, agitated, and dualistic, there's no way. It's impossible. When I say this, I'm not putting you down. I'm just talking about the way the mind works. What all this goes to show is that no matter how you make yourself materially comfortable, no matter how much you tell yourself, oh, this makes me happy. Today, I'm going to be happy all day long. It's impossible to predetermine your life like that. Automatically, your feelings keep changing, changing, changing. This shows that the materialistic life doesn't work. However, I don't mean that you should renounce the worldly life and become ascetics. That's not what I'm saying. My point is that if you understand, understand spiritual principles correctly and act accordingly, you will find much greater satisfaction and meaning in your life than you will by relying on the sense world alone. The sense world alone cannot satisfy the human mind. Thus, the only purpose for the existence of what we call, call, what we call religion is for us to understand the nature of our own psyche, our own mind, our own feelings. Whatever name we give to our spiritual path, the most important thing is that we get to know our own experiences, our own feelings. Therefore, the lama's the lama's experience. And the lama he's not talking about the animal, the the uh, title of a uh, uh, level of Buddhist teacher in the Tibetan Buddhism. Therefore, the lama's experience of Buddhism is that instead of emphasizing belief. It places prime importance on personal experimentation, putting Dhamma methods into action, and stressing and assessing the effect they have on our minds. Do these methods help? Have our minds changed, or are they just as uncontrolled as they ever were? This is Buddhism, and this method of checking the mind is called meditation. It's an individual thing you can't generalize, it all comes down to personal understanding, personal experience. If your path is not providing solutions to your problems, answers to your questions, satisfaction to your mind, you must check up. Perhaps there's something wrong with your point of view, your understanding. You can't necessarily conclude that there's something wrong with your religion just because you tried it and it didn't work. Different individuals have their own ideas, views, and understanding of religion, and can make mistakes. Therefore, make sure that the way you understand your religion's ideas 
and methods are correct. The way is correct. If you make the right effort on the basis of right understanding, you will experience deep inner satisfaction. Thus you'll prove to yourself that satisfaction does not depend on anything external. True satisfaction comes from the mind. So I'm going to stop here. In the book, it's page 31, about the middle. And uh, let's sit for, we have a few minutes to sit together, but this is a great chapter. And then the Q&A. So Tuesday, we'll read more and do the question and answer. Uh, I really like his descriptions. Uh, yesterday, as for Buddha Day at Blue Lotus Temple, we, it was a beautiful, the day was supposed to be super hot and, you know, 40 to 60 percent chance of rain right during our parade. And instead, it was a really perfect day. And uh, every no rain, sunshine all day, and uh, very, just couldn't have been better. My first time I think my first time being at a Buddha day that I have not been a monastic. So I was watching from a, my viewpoint was completely different. And I could look over and see my brother, brother monks. And uh, it was beautiful. They had done so much work and it was beautiful. And Bhante San from Florida. So it was, it was a treat. But something Bhante Sujata said in his talk was, uh, which mirrors what I just read. Don't don't try to be a Buddhist. Don't be a Buddhist. Be a Buddha. So it's exactly what Lama Yeshe is saying. You know, we're looking at our. We're we're not trying to uh, worship Buddha. We're trying to follow, follow, follow his te- Be like he was. Be that kind of person. So that was that sprung to my mind right early in the reading. So. Why don't we just sit and uh, then, if you can, sit longer, but we have, we can take about five minutes to sit together. So, just stretch your spine out, roll your shoulders back, just become comfortable and feel, feel really present in this moment. So be, be in your body and kind of wiggling around and moving. Oh, thank you. Eva said, uh, I, uh, Lama Yeshe passed away in 84. That's, that, that sounds right. So thank you, Eva. Um, roll your shoulders, but as you do it, really be aware of your entire body. So be in your body, come right here. You may have lots of plans for the day or uh, things you want to get to do if you're having a beautiful day or a beautiful evening. But for right now, let's just be together and be in your body. So if you're kind of moving your body around, it helps you get back into it. And just let your body relax. Be with the breath.
Just take in everything from your senses, and that includes your thoughts. So we have this, we have six senses when we talk about the Buddha's teachings, and our mind is one of those. So you can be aware of your thoughts as well, as well as sounds in contact with your skin. smells and taste, hearing, thinking. And just see everything arise and then it will fall away. Just let the thoughts arise, don't try to stop them, but just be aware that they arise and fall away if we're not focused on them and feeding them with our attention. As we end our time together, just remember loving kindness. Remember that friendliness to yourself and others. So may each one of us be well and content and peaceful. And just allow yourself to send those same blessings out to all beings. May everything we do today and say and think be done not only for our own benefit, but also for the benefit of all sentient beings everywhere throughout the universe. Peace has to begin within us. So thank you. Thanks for being part of my practice. Have a beautiful day. And know that your plans will not go, nothing will go as you planned, right? <laughs> Maybe most of it will, and that's good enough. <laughs>